0: Chapter Thirteen of the Turn of the Tide." This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit all Recording by Eva Gonzalez. "The Turn of the Tide" by Eleanor H. Porter. Chapter Thirteen. There was something in the precision of clockwork and matters and things at Hillcrest a large corpse of well trained servants in charge of an excellent housekeeper will have miss meredith free to go and come and entertain as she likes for fifteen years now she had been mistress of hillcrest ever since her mother had died in fact widowed herself at twenty-two after a year of married life and the only daughter in a family of four children she had been like a second mother to her two younger brothers harry the eldest brother had Ella left the home roof to study medicine. Frank, barely twenty when his brother Harry lost his life, had even the least, his father by electing the mills at his life work. And now, five years after that father's death, Ned was sharing his brother Frank's care and responsibility in keeping the great wheels churning and the great chimneys smoking in the town below. Della Meredith was essentially a woman who liked and who usually obtained the strawberries and cream of life. Always accustomed to luxury, she demanded as a matter of course rich clothing and dainty food, that there were people of the well whose clothing was coarse and whose food was scanty. She well knew, and knowing this, she was careful that her donations to the home missionary society and the women's guild were prompt and liberal. Beyond this, her duty did not extend. She was sure. As for any personal interest in the recipients of her alms, she had none whatever, and would indeed have deemed it both unnecessary and unladylike that she should have such interest. Her eyes were always on the hills and meadows on the west side of the house, and even her way to and from Hillcrest was carefully planned so that she might avoid so far as possible the narrow, ill-smelling streets, the narrow, ill-smelling streets of the town on the other side of the hill. Frank Spencer was a hard-headed, far-seeing man of business inside the office of spencer and spencer at the side he was a delightful gentleman a little grave perhaps for his thirty-three years but none the less a favourite particularly with anxious mothers having marriageable but rather light-headed daughters on their hands his eyes were brown his nose were straight and long and his mouth firm and clean-cut his whole appearance was that of a man sure for himself and of others to Frank spencer the vast interests of spencer and spencer as she presented where the huge mills that lined the river bank were merely one big machine and the hundreds of men women and children that dragged their very way in and out to great jaws that were so many cogs in the wheels that the cogs had hearts that ached and heads that throbbed, did not occur to him he was interested only in the smooth and solid running of the wheels themselves Ned was the baby of the house. In spite of his length of limb and breadth of shoulder, he was looked upon by his brother and sisters little more than a boy. School, college, and a year of travel had trained his brain, toughened his muscles, and browned his skin, and left him full of enthusiasm for his chosen work, which has now meant helping to push Spencer and Spencer to the top notch of power and prosperity. For five years, the two brothers and the widowed sister. In the great house that crowned Prospect Hill had been by themselves, save for the servants and occasional guests, and the Spencer's were a clannish family, so people said. However, that might have been. There certainly was not one of the three that was not conscious of a vague fear and a mortifying regret whenever there came the thought of the strange young women who were so soon to enter their lives. To be a Spencer was to be hospitable, however and the preparations for the expected guests were prompt and generous by tuesday the entire house even to its inmates was ready with a cordial welcome for an orphan girl in his big touring car frank spencer went to the station to meet his ward with him was miss meredith and her eyes fully as anxiously as his swept the crowd of passengers alighting from the long train almost simultaneously they saw the tall young woman in grey and Mrs. Meredith sobbed relief as Frank gave a quick exclamation and hurried forward. At least she looks like a lady, Mrs. Meredith murmured, as she followed her brother. You're Margaret Kendall, I'm sure, Frank was saying, and Mrs. Meredith saw the light leap to the girl's eyes as she gave him her hand. And you are Mrs. Spencer, the guardian, Uncle Frank? I'm I sure to call you Uncle Frank, Mrs. Meredith heard the clever say, the next moment, she found herself looking into what she instantly thought were the most wonderful eyes she had ever seen, and I, Miss Meredith, my dear, Aunt Della, I hope," she said gently, before brother could speak. "Thank you, and it will be Aunt Della, I'm sure," smiled the girl, and again Miss Meredith marvelled at curious charm of the eyes that met her own. End of Chapter Thirteen, Recording by Gonzales Gonzalez in Cavita Philippines.